This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Friedman. And you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. Welcome back to this episode of In The Black. Very excited for this one. It's very timely. Uh, so, today is about eight ways you can save your gym. I think many people listening to this may be in a situation where the gym is not necessarily broke. Maybe that's the situation you're in. You're thinking about closing your doors. Um, or you're just really teetering on the edge of you know, not being in the black, right? Not being profitable. And it's just a way to ensure that we can uh, move some of the needles here, flip some switches, really easy stuff to just get yourself more profitable. And I think sometimes it feels like with each of these little things, it's such a, you know, you feel like you're, you're fighting a war here. Uh, and what we're kind of breaking it down to is the individual battles. If you just win individual battles at a time, that's how a war is won. You know, to defeat Germany, you can't just go in and defeat Germany. You have to win lots of small individual battles. You know, you have to win in the Pacific. You have to win in the jungles. You have to win in Russia. And it's all these little things add up to the whole sum of you winning the war. And that is getting your gym more profitable. Nothing against Germans. That was just the example. Um, so, uh, before we jump into it, guys, one big part of you know, growing businesses is selling businesses. So, it's not what many of us are thinking about when we get into the fitness industry. I definitely didn't think about it. People told us all the time, always have a plan, always, um, always run your business like you could sell it. And I never knew what it meant until we sold our business in March this year, one of our locations in March this year. So, we kept the brand, we sold the location and the equipment um, to a buyer and it was a very smooth process and there's no way that process could have been um, as smooth as it was without AFS Brokers. So, Elliot runs AFS Brokers, super helpful. Um, he was a client of the gym for a while so uh, we know him pretty well, we trusted him a lot. Obviously, brokers selling gyms, really foreign to us, something really different uh, but I feel like we benefit a lot from that process. It makes a huge difference and what I encourage people to do now is you should just get a assessment on how much your business is worth even if you have no plans on selling it because worst case, it gives you a good reality check and it can help you set some goals about where you want it to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, you need to think of your your business as an asset and a lot, not a lot of us do. We we think of our house as an asset, yeah. we think of our cars as an asset, we think of cash in the bank as an asset but your business is also an asset and I think it's important to know how much your assets are worth. Is your asset only a $50,000 yeah. asset? You know, you may need 20 grand in the future. You have a $50,000 asset you can sell or do you have a, you know, $1 million asset, you know, you might think, oh, wow, I'm actually much wealthier than I thought. Might and be worth a lot more than you think. Exactly. And you might, you might have more than you think. You might, you know, need that cash in the future for another opportunity that you want to go into. So, it's just good information to know. And I think, yes, if you're definitely keen on listing your business, if you're definitely keen on buying your business, your one-stop shop for gyms is AFS Brokers. So, that's afsbrokers.com. You can check them out there. Okay. First one. First one is to charge more. So, it's obviously a simple one. The reason we put it up there is not because you know, everyone needs to raise their price, but just because, and I think particularly somehow because of COVID, uh, a lot of people dropped their price. A lot of people went the wrong way with their pricing, which is um, maybe was around like, okay, we can't give the same service or maybe they just never brought it back up again or there was fear around, hey, lots of people have you know lost their jobs or had their hours cut, so we need to move with them. Um, but this in the long run is almost never going to work for your gym. As soon as you charge less, you're going to have to give them less service because yeah. you, know, you can pay for less staff and less things to give each client, you know, give them less time in a week. So, normally, that leads to less results in the gym. All of a sudden, staff are demotivated, clients are not as happy because they're not getting as good results and it's just a pretty miserable place to be around. Yeah, I um, a few examples here but 
so I've heard the story so many times. Wow, we're the busiest we've ever been, but mm. they're not making more money, and that is worse. But they, don't they call that? It's like skinny fat. Well, you know, like how people like become skinny fat. Yeah, it's like a skinny fat gym. Oh, you mean because it's like, hey, that person's like fat skinny, on clients, but skinny on profits. Right. So yeah, you don't mean, be skinny fat. That's bad, right? That's, it sucks. That's, it's just so busy. You got all this work, and you're getting paid less to do it. That's because mm. so many people drop their prices. The demand went up. They would have paid more, but you made the number one. Well, these people made the number one mistake in in finances, which you assumed what the other person could pay. And you never make that assumption. Never, ever make the assumption what other people could pay or who can pay. You just have your price. You have your business model. You know what it's worth. You know where the value is. And that is what you charge. And then people buy it or they don't. And what we found, doubling our prices, yeah, it was scary going you know, out of lockdown. But the right people still came to us. The right people still paid this price. And you got to have that mindset. You got to believe that the people that are right for your service and right for your price point, because really your price point is, you know, it's saying a lot about you. That is, that will attract the right customers. So I would, I would say, you know, probably a lot of people charge less, got a big influx, but have worse clients now, which is a horrible situation to find yourself in. Always charging more in the service industry, it's always going to lead to better clients. It's very hard to charge less in the service industry because it's so time intensive. In the product industry, it's different because you get economies of scale. Mm. Uh, but in service, it's not really the case. In service, generally, a higher priced item is better. And that's really what you want to go for. So second thing that ties into all this is you want to hire, hire better people and let go of unhappy staff. Now, the whole global pandemic, the lockdowns, really, really shone a light on who is you know, team your business, who is team Creature Fitness and who is not. And there were definitely people before this, I would have said hand on heart, you know, swear on my mother's life that this person is right or die with us and I was proved wrong and, and that's fine. But it was awesome because it was such a disruptive time. It was uh, so much pressure on different people and so, from so many different areas that it really, really accelerated the process of people staying and people going. And ultimately, it just comes down to people not being happy. It's not that they don't necessarily like you or that... Um, they want to get out of the fitness industry or they want to work for someone else. It's just, it just comes down to them being unhappy and there's so many different reasons that tie into that but you want to hire people that want to be there and really the only way to do that is to let go of the people that you have now that are unhappy. That's just the best indicator, right? They just don't seem that stoked to be there. They're just not that excited. Don't, don't live in a fantasy where you think people don't have to be happy to come to work. Your people should be pumped to be part of your business. If they're not pumped, they are not part of your team. You should find an organization. You should be a part of an organization where everyone is pumped to be there. Yeah, and it might be a good time just because I think with a lot of places during COVID, potentially, uh, you know, there, there might have been a break in the relationship that's hard to rebuild and mm. it's easier just to start afresh because, you know, maybe, you know, they feel like uh, you didn't deliver on the promises you uh, you promised them because you had all these goals and like most people, your goals were completely out the window. It's not your fault, but it still might feel like to them, you broke a promise to them. Yeah. So, it might just be a good time to be like, clean slate, let's go again and, uh, and get some people reinvigorated and don't know anything else than how you are now. Mm. Uh, okay, number three is fire the clients that you don't like. Mm. Um, you know, this is one Love I think one. that we've done this a few times and the, the reason it's so powerful is just because I think it makes you not enjoy your work as much. Yeah. You know, so it like drains you um, often they're time draining as well. So it drains your energy and it drains your time and then you don't give it to the really good clients. So you're finding your time, spending time on clients you don't really love, you're not going to get referrals from and it has a long-term drain on your business. Yeah. Man, one of the things you always said to me that I think was, you know, it's really good. I always think about it all the time is like in service, the quality of your clients is like the quality of your life mm. because there's so much face-to-face -face time with them. There's so much interaction with them. You know, if you're selling people 
you know, bags of supplements, then, you know, you don't really care. You know, it doesn't matter what that client's like. As long as they pay and they take the supplement off the shelf, you don't really care. But in service, like these are people that create culture. These are people at Party Gym. I guess for those businesses, um, it's, it's really about the, the staff that are on board, right? You really want good staff. And so, it's really just the people you're around every day. And for gyms, it's, it's clients, you know, it's staff, one thing, but clients as well. So, there are clients, I, you know, you know it right now, <laughs> you're thinking about them, probably a handful of them, it's not that many, but they ruin your day. They make your life difficult. They always whinge, they always complain, they're never fun, they don't appreciate what you do for them. It's time to fuck them off, okay? So, it's really simple. If you don't have the balls to call them, you can just email them and just be like, hey, uh, due to changes in the way we're running our business, we have decided to uh, no longer continue with your membership. Um, thank you for your time, blah, blah, blah. You've been refunded, you know, whatever this month. Um, you can come pick your stuff up from the gym or whatever. And yeah, it seems brutal. It seems harsh. Um, you know, maybe you can call them. Maybe it's easier to talk it out. But ultimately, you need to do what's best for you and your team. And if there is a recurring name that comes up, there are a current group of names that come up. It's time to let them go, especially if you've spoken to them about it before. Maybe you can chat to them, kind of shift their behavior a bit. But if you haven't, they haven't changed, it's definitely time to let them go. And we've done it many, we've done it many times. Uh, and I think it always goes better than you expect. You think it's going to be like a fist fight. It's going to be like, I'm going to talk shit about you forever. But at the end of the day, they kind of want to leave as well. Like They're exactly. unhappy and they're like, ah, you know what? Yeah, uh, I'm sick of being here as if well. If they're not being good clients, probably because they're not happy. So really, it's... yeah. It's a good thing for them as well. Yeah, they're like, what? I want to yeah. stay, you know? And you're like, well, <laughs> I you love hate everything you know, that, that sucks about the gym. So, yeah, best to get rid of them. Uh, okay, number four is take some, this is probably more tactical, take some upfront payments and get some contracts in. So, man, this is one that, you know, potentially, yeah, you lost a lot out of COVID, you're starting to get back on your feet. There are some more people coming in. One of the best things you can do is just, A, the number one best thing is, is get some big upfront commitments from them or B, if you can't get the upfront commitment, get like a written commitment, um, which, which would be obviously a contract. The reason the first one is the best is one, the chances of them leaving go down dramatically because they've already paid all in advance. And then B, if you've just gone through a hard time right now, getting all the cash flow in early can really potentially help you going into you know, potentially the, the holiday series and where you may not have as many people coming to the gym. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, contracts just, even if people break contracts, they're just more committed when they sign something, right? It's just they are putting their honor, they are putting their their word on the line and if someone really cares about it and really fights for it, then, you know, they're not going to break it. They're going to, you know, struggle and they're going to squirm a little bit but ultimately, they're going to, uh, they're going to fulfill on the promises they kept to you and kept to themselves. So, it is really good. Um, so, number five is, this is a good one. This is um, something that I feel like you need to be relentless on continuously if you care about your business and that is negotiating hard on your costs. Um, obviously, the big one is rent. So, negotiating, I mean, you don't want to negotiate on your, your staff's pay forever. Uh, but yeah, negotiating with your landlord on the rent, I think is, is important. Because like you said, we're, we're, we're not out of COVID, we're still in the recovery period. So, I think it's really important to, uh, you know, fight tooth and nail for every percentage you can. Yeah, I mean, everywhere in the world, I think you're still in the recovery period out of COVID. Yep. You know, everyone is still yep. recovering from the damage of it. You may still be in the damage period from it. And you want to share that pain uh, with your landlord and, and they've done some studies on you know they always talk about uh, companies that like do really well out of the depressions and out of recessions and stuff like that and one of the biggest indicators they see is that uh, well there's two one is that the companies that do well out of recessions they keep spending money on marketing uh, but number two is companies that early early on in the recession cut their costs the most so companies that cut their costs the most early on in recessions are the ones that do the best coming out of the recession. And that's because, you know, often tough times do come and they maybe stick around for longer than people think. So the ones that can really cut costs, 
and I guess just uh, you know decrease the inflow demands on the business going into a recession uh, tend to steer it out the best. So I would take that on. You're going to be the same if you're at a brick and mortar gym, and rent is a huge one that really there is no benefit to your clients in how much money you pay on rent. Mm. If you if you get less equipment, they notice it. If you pay a little bit less on rent, nobody cares. Yeah. So that is a really good one if you are an owner. Yeah. So number six, this actually just ties into what we just talked about, but a really practical way to get some easy wins on your costs is to cancel all your bank cards. Now, there is like, unless you monitor your bank account every hour of every day, there are costs that slip by on a recurring basis that you don't even know about that really start to add up. Um, I remember the first time we did this, we did this manually, uh, but just pouring through, I think you came to me with maybe like an Excel sheet of maybe like 40 or 50 costs. You go, do we need this? Do we need this? Do we need this? And I reckon half of them, I was like, I don't even know what that is. So, we just started canceling. It was like a lease for like a fridge. And it was, you know, repayments on, I don't know, some kind of strange software that we used once or something and a subscription to a website we never ended up building and just random shit like that. You could even be getting billed things that you shouldn't be getting billed. Uh, and so, the fastest and easiest way to do this, right, is to go into the bank, cancel all your, your bank, bank cards, pretty easy to do, get a new one. Um, and then literally what will happen is just watch your inbox over the next month and people will be like, hey your payment bounced, you owe us X and you can just decide from there unless you obviously sign a contract or whatever uh, or unless you feel like you really owe them, uh, you can just decide if you want to continue on with that subscription payment or that lease payment or or whatever it is. Obviously, you can't do it on your rent but there are certain things in there that you'd be like, oh, yeah, I I don't want this software anymore. Oh, wow, I'm still paying for that. I don't want that anymore. Oh, yeah, the the lease on the fridge, yeah, uh, the fridge is terrible. It's a waste. Come pick it up, you know, all that stuff. So, go cancel your bank cards and then see what falls due. Yeah, this is actually the fastest way to do it. And I think you'll try and trick yourself to say, ah, but it's going to take forever to retype in the details. Telling you that you'll make a pretty good rate on the two hours you spend, (laughs) you know, retyping in your car details on the money you save. Guaranteed, it's higher than your hourly rate. Guaranteed. Mm. Uh, Okay, next one is just cut down your schedule. So, this is just your own schedule of coaching. Yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, most people fall for the, you know, couple of really vocal minority within a gym. So, hey, we need this class at this time. We need this and that. We fell for that hard. We put on so many classes that killed our profitability. So, rather than look for ways to maybe expand a class or potentially to move people around and offer maybe a different price to come to different times or whatever, we just put on more classes. And the reality is you don't end up filling those classes like you need to. It's much better to have a really full 6 a.m., then have a 5.30, full, 6.30 that are both 40% full. It's because the costs add up over time. Or maybe, you know, rather than put on every day, put on one and trial it and see how it goes. You know, that's what we started to do. It goes, hey, we're going to try this for two weeks and see how it goes. And then readjust and be more flexible with the schedule. Um, it just saves so much money because once you put those classes in and people get used to them, it's really hard to take them away even when they're not successful classes. Um, so, cutting back on that schedule, I mean, you know this better than anyone, Raf, was really making a huge difference to our profitability. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably the biggest variable cost for a gym is the schedule. Uh, and I think maybe a lot of gyms out there had more clients before COVID. Potentially got less clients now for some gyms and you're trying to put on the same schedule or somehow make it make a bigger schedule for some reason to you know, make clients happy for coming back. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's, it is a killer. Uh, and, and often it you know, creates more work and it can be harder to staff as well as, as well as the cost. So like this is the whole game for your gym. Your classes need to be full, otherwise almost no chance you're making money. Yeah, so a recent example for us was, so we had a 5.30 and a 6.30 p.m. class at a gym, five, day, five days a week. We cut it back to four 6.30s 
the attendance is better, the vibe is better, the culture is better and now no one has to come in on a Friday either. It's better for the staff. I mean, there's been a little bit of some people like, oh, you know, we're like 5.30, whatever, but we can bring it back slow, but... We didn't lose a single client. We didn't lose a single client. Some people shifted their schedules around. They're more flexible these days. And at the 5.30 time slot now, we have a corporate group. Mm. That is much better because we know they're paying for that time slot already. And there's always going to be people there. And now we've got these two free 5.30 slots. Perfect opportunity to bring it back when we get more full. Exactly. You might have 30 classes right now. You could go to 23. Your gym all of a sudden go goes profitable yeah you this know, is a huge one you might have lost one member it doesn't matter yeah you know you saved overall yeah uh, okay next one is and this is one that we've done as well number is, eight uh you can triple your sales goal and then work out a way to do it so i think the good thing about this is that say your sales goal maybe like i sign up 10 clients every month i know if i do that i'm, I'm doing good if you try and take that up to 12 that's awesome and that can be a really good strategy but i think very occasionally you don't want to do this every month but very occasionally you could maybe try and like double or triple the goal and that will maybe just make you think differently about how you could achieve it. And you realize that like maybe just what you're doing right now is not going to work and you've got to take on something new. So I think just the process of actually going through what if I had to make three times as many sales um, to keep my gym going, that could be a really really good just thought exercise to go down. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one. I mean, it's difficult, but I do think the thought exercise itself is, is pretty effective. Um, I think if someone came to you and put a gun to your head and said, you need to go out and get 18 sales, you probably, you know, if your original goal was 10, you said, all right, get me 20 this month, you would definitely find a way to do it. And that's sometimes the killer mindset you got to have as a business owner. Like, you, you know, you hear some stories. We had Luke Wan Lao on the podcast. You know, this is a guy that now is in charge of 400 employees, CEO of, you know, the master franchise of Anytime Fitness in Asia. He started his first Anytime Fitness selling, you know, $30 a month memberships in a car park in like a western part of Sydney where there's not a lot of wealth, there's not a lot of prosperity. And he hustled in the rain, he set up an umbrella, like he hustled. There was, there was you know, sales is where you make and break a business. And so, um, you know, if you think it's fancy social media posts and videographers and websites and stuff, you know, that stuff, you know, matters, but sales matters more. Nothing, none of that survives without sales. None of that has money to be cool and to be awesome and to, you know, keep going without sales. So, you know, really tripling that sales goal and, you know, you might even surprise yourself. You might have, you know, you, you, maybe your goal was 10, you're always like, you know, 7, 8, 6 and then you go to 20 and you get 12. Well, shit, you didn't hit 20 but you doubled what you did the month before. So, there's so much to that. There's so much mindset to that and I think really, you know, you guys know the importance of sales. You really have to hustle for the sales. Yeah, and most likely, you you know, you'll probably have to add another stream of where you get clients. You know, yeah. you might, your streams might be like, hey, people search me on Google and like they walk past my sign. And you're like, hey, there's no way this is going to triple. You know, the amount of people searching is not going to, I need a new stream. Maybe that's, you know, we've been doing some stuff on LinkedIn recently. We've been doing business networking. You might have to open up that whole new stream and you're like, there's no other way. And that's what I think will change in your mindset when you set a big goal like this. Yeah, ask other business owners, how do you make sales? Like what are some ways mm. that you do it? Uh, don't just look to your own industry of how people make sales. You know, you see gyms run Instagram ads all the time. Great, you're running Instagram ads, you're not hitting your sales goals. Okay, you might have to do something else. There are other ways to do it. So you have to be flexible, you have to be resourceful and that is how you are going to grow your business. So that's the end of it. Eight ways that you can save your gym. I'm gonna go over them again. So the first one is to charge more. The second one is to hire better people and let go of unhappy staff. The third is to fire shitty clients. Number four is to take upfront payments and have people sign contracts. Uh, number five is negotiate hard on your costs. 
uh, especially your rent. Number six is to cancel your bank cards uh, and then see what comes due and decide if you want to keep it or not. Uh, number seven is cut down on your existing class schedule or training schedule if you need to. And then number eight is to triple your sales goal and hustle and see where you go. Uh, and then the bonus one is uh, sell steroids. Mm. Uh, yeah, if all else fails, just um, you know, call up the local bikies and <laughs> just start selling testosterone. If you're, if you're truly fucked, uh, <laughs> this is guaranteed just good cash flow because uh, they tend to pay cash yeah. instead of uh, doing long-term agreements. Yeah. And yeah, you'll get some epic results with the members as well. Yeah, bro. It's sick, sick testimonials. Like clenbuterol, testosterone, amazing. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, if uh, you have anything that you want to... Uh, Anything you want to learn about what it costs, how to value your gym, anything to do with the sale of your business, you go to afsbrokers.com. Check them out. The link is in the description of this episode. Uh, We always appreciate your time, guys. Uh, Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode and we'll speak to you all next week. Thank you, Project, for tuning in again to another episode of the My Muscle Project. Uh, We release an episode every single Monday. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, the My Muscle Project, to stay up to date with everything we're doing. And if you have some time, leave us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. And don't forget, we have a second show of the week, The After Show. So it's no longer a rest day on Thursdays. If you have any questions for Lachlan and I for that show, head to themymuscleproject.com forward slash The After Show. And if you ask a question, we'll, uh, we'll answer it on the show. Thanks again so much, Project, and we'll see you all next week.